0: Hi everyone! Welcome back to Voice of Western, the Humans of Western podcast. If you're new, welcome. This is the podcast where we dive deeper into the personal lives of fellow Western students, staff, and faculty. Thank you so much for taking the time of your day. My name is Maida and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Willett.
1: So yeah, thank you, that. So we actually have two guests on our podcast today. We have Swathi and Shirabi. So Swathi and Shirabi are twin authors and are in their first year at Western. And we're super excited to have you guys here with us today and can't wait to dive in and talk about your initiative with the Twin Tales project, as well as your journey as just being first year students at Western for the 2021 to 2022 academic school year. So first of all, how are you guys? How How is everything? How was your day today?
2: we're great um thank you for featuring us on your podcast um we're thrilled to be here and um we're doing great how are you guys
0: yeah no i'm doing well too excited for reading week that's
1: that's pretty much it So I think just to like break the ice for our podcast, we just have um, an icebreaker question for you guys. So the question is, what was your favorite children's book growing up? So it can be like any children's book. It can be like a novel, a picture book your teacher used to read to you um, in your class. So for me, um, my favorite children's book growing up was, I don't know if you guys know it, but it's called There Was an Old Lady That Swallowed a Fly. Have you guys heard of it? I've heard of it. Oh, okay. I literally Great. have
0: no clue. Oh, <laughs> really, I thought that was like a common one. Like maybe no. I have to see the cover. I think I, I by name, I just have no clue.
1: Okay, but <laughs> like, okay, so basically, like, how the book went was like. There was an old lady who swallowed a fly, hence the name. And then, she, to because she swallowed a fly, she had to like swallow a spider to catch the fly in her stomach. And then, because she swallowed a spider, she had to catch a spider. So she's uh, she swallowed like a bird. Then she swallowed a dog, a cat to catch like the 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 birds and everything. And then at oh the end God. of like, the book, she swallowed a horse, and I think she died. And literally, like throughout the, when I remember, like when my teacher was like reading this book to our class I was just thinking to myself like when is she going to swallow a whale at this point but like I love how chaotic that book was so I think for me like that was like my favorite children's book growing up how about you guys I think
2: um when we were little we always like gravitated towards stories that were like colorful and had bright colors and were attractive to look at maybe because as young kids we want to read the pictures not necessarily <laughs> the words so I think in terms of that, we love stories with such bright pictures. I think um, a story that's so key, um, re- relatable to that is Geronimo Stilton. Oh my god. I was he, had so that. Many, he had so many colors. His text, his fonts were all different colors. There are different fonts to des- describe what he's writing. So I think that's a story that I really liked. In terms of our favorite children books, I would say, okay, this is like a sentimental one actually. Like there's this book called Love You Forever by Robert Munch, and it's like so cute. Oh, it's, like, a story that I'll, I'll never forget. forget. I don't know, it kind of like like sticks to me even today. And I like how it <laughs> kind of summarizes like the meaning of like family, and it was so sentimental as like a kid, yeah. I still remember it. <laughs>
0: Robert Munch sounds very familiar. Yeah. That is a name I can't forget. That is for sure. Like as
2: soon as he <laughs> said children's book, that's the first one that popped <laughs> <laughs> Wow. No,
1: that's like the literally opposite of me. Like Han, huh, the lady who ate a spider. That's I what- remember.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no,
0: yeah. I think mine, I would also say Jerome Silton and then Bones. I don't know if you guys were bones. Mm-hmm. It was like a comic book kind of like, yeah a comic book series I if you ask me what it is it but I couldn't tell you but it was like like a whole like series I think there was like uh, the, the ones I read was like five or six of them and they were like so like that so like I felt like I was so cool reading these books because like oh my god there's like so many pages like I'm having the best of my life um uh, but yeah I don't know it was like I like the pictures and everything everything was so like well drawn and like little comic strips like it was so good yeah that I think was one of the ones that I truly remember from my childhood
1: yeah no, like, I know like I agree so like basically the reason why we asked you guys this icebreaker question is because you guys are authors yourself so first of all describe your work let us know what you guys do
2: so to give a little gist, um, my sister and I started an initiative known as the Twin Tales Project in which we aim to like spread values of healthy living, acceptance and diversity through our children's books. So we um, kind of do that by illustrating, writing and publishing children's books on health-related topics such as vaccines and vaccines and <laughs> skin diseases. So um, we can not only educate children but also ed- entertain them while doing so. So that's just a little gist about what the Twin Tails project is about.
0: Wow. Perfect. That sounds so good. But like, what actually like inspired you guys to really start the project? Like what was the journey, the process like to really you know, start and get it going?
2: I think um, like in today's age, we want to find representation in everything. And a lot of the times, it's not always in children's books. For example, as little children, I don't think we even grew up with stories that reflected our cultures and it wasn't as prominent. And so I think that this initiative was started just because we wanted to bring that into media and encourage children to see themselves in the stories and connect to them. I think what first sparked it was our little cousin who's in kindergarten. And at the time when COVID started, she kind of had no idea what the whole pandemic meant. So we kind of use the books as a way to educate her in a simplified way and kind of simplified all those medical terms into something that kindergartners can understand. And we've always kind of had this passion for illustration and art with our social media background. So we kind of felt that it was a good outlet for our passion. And we've always admired young kids with working with them and, you know, their innocence is so cute. So we thought that making children's books is a good way to connect with them while supporting our mission of serving the community?
0: No, I've looked through some of them and, like, I'm so impressed because, like, I remember when Millen sent me your guys' website, I was, like, wow, like, these are so good and, like, the diversity and just, like, what the books are about, like, I would truly was, like, oh my god, like, I really hope they continue this for, like, a really long time. Like, I really want to, like, come or, like, see these in like, you know, like, bookstores, you know, like, our classic uh, elementary school. What, what did we have, like, book fairs? Like, that would that's Aww. like that's a goal that's a goal i think you guys will hopefully reach one day thank you, so. thank you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, like, I totally agree with you, Maida. Like, I remember when I first saw, the, uh, like, your Instagram story promoting this, I'm like, wow, that's <laughs> amazing, for of all, as authors. And that was such a great initiative, too, like, mo- like, for oh, one, no. like, bringing diversity. And as you guys mentioned, like, not much of our b- b- children's, book growing up, like, really mm-hmm. showcased, like, us as, like, like, as a multicultural community, because, um, uh, like, we're from, like, Canada is, like, a, a, from all, like we have like so many immigrants from all around the world. So I think this is such like a great way to showcase that and like really be inclusive with everyone. So yeah, like o- honestly, hands down, good job guys on this. It's like, <laughs> an <exclusive. laughs> and I think um one question I had when I saw this, like, how did you guys juggle with this whole responsibility of like being an author? And how did you guys juggle that with being a first year student at Western?
2: Yeah, so I think it was like definitely a long process with uh, maintaining our schedules and all of that. Um, We did indeed have to take some time to focus on our academics just because of how the workload um, kind of got different when we moved on to university. And I I think just with the transition itself, it's new for everyone, especially for a first year student. Um, whether that be online or in person, having that new transition is something that is important and something you should experience. So I think um, during that time, writing these stories and illustrating something that we found as a hobby, and I don't think it felt like a burden or anything because we always liked to do it. So it was always something that was a stress reliever for us when writing these stories. And we always like tried to maintain our schedule so we'd always have a little bit of time for ourselves and to focus on some things that we enjoyed a little more so yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no I think that's really important though because you guys basically like learned a really important life skill like time management especially during first year like that's super impressive because I remember when I was in first year like I had no clue what I was doing with my life especially that me, first year that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and, but the fact that you guys are authors as well like, first year students like that's so impressive and just the fact that you guys were able to you know keep yourself grounded and get those time management skills down super early on I think that's really important and like you know it's great that you guys learned it early on as well so I give props to you guys Thank on you that so
1: yeah Yeah, no, like sorry. I just wanted to say, like, I think that was one of the challenges for me, like, coming to Western was like the idea of just like one being in a new environment, like, I was away from home, and then that too, um, because of the pandemic, we were with what just two classes like a semester, and all of a sudden, like, a big five class jump. So, just like that scheduling and um, being able to not only like make time for your like academics, but also like time for yourself, so like you can also take care of your mental health. So, I think that was like one of the Greatest challenges for me, like when I went came to Western this year, and I think um, I, the, uh, many students actually share that challenge. You're just seeing how you guys um, be authors as well as handle your course load is really inspiring to other students as well. Um, in, in that kind of sense, like just like how you like handle and like t- um, schedule your course load. So I think that's like a great challenge that you guys overcome. But was there any other challenges like as a student and a first year student at Western specifically, how and how you guys like overcame that challenge?
2: Yeah, I think it would be homesickness, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, as individuals that are like really family oriented, being away from home and missing out on like family events, not having home cooked meals was like very tough for us um we always made sure to like visit home anytime we got like any chance we got we were always at home and I feel like those moments um you you feel those moments but they start to um get dull down a little bit when you get used to your routine and your schedule and that transition and like keeping yourself busy is just one way to avoid it I think so we've always been busy so yeah
0: (laughs) that's really good though no I totally relate as well especially first year like homesickness was like my biggest issue I feel like it wasn't even like school at that point it was just the fact that like I wanted to go home yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so and not really get that mm-hmm, and the guys and the fact that you guys mentioned your like home food too that was another <laughs> thing I really missed a lot I scheduled like
2: I literally scheduled our classes on Friday to be as early as possible so we can go home <laughs> no literally
0: me yeah. me too I had first year calculus at like 8 30 a.m and after that I was like done for the day I was like okay next Greyhound like I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) No I get that. Um, Yeah anyways so back to the books a bit we saw that your books in general brought also a lot of diversity in such as you know different multicultural names different skin colors. Um, We wanted you to actually touch upon that a bit you know what persuaded you to really you know, bring that diversity into these books that we don't necessarily see in children's books nowadays.
2: Yeah, I feel like as kids, we never saw our names in books. And we've always kind of like anglicized our names for the convenience of other people or try to hide hide, the meanings of it or like the true beauty, actually. And we really hope to at least include some multicultural names within our books just to connect or to at least one kid who shared that name. You know, adding a name like Ahana, for example, not only excites one Ahana out there, but also many Ahanas or many people that know an Ahana or many people who even have a name of that origin. So we tried to incorporate something to add that multicultural touch to it. I think um, we know that this impact can span across many children who never find representation in stories, which we wanted to like, eliminate with these books as a whole. Um, alongside this, we wanted to include, like, characters with acne or vitiligo to spread positive messages of acceptance. Personally, I've never seen any um, child, at least, with a vitiligo in a storybook, and I know that some children may even face people staring at them or little kids asking them questions about their skin because they don't, they're do not they uneducated in a sense that they haven't seen anyone and they're curious. So having a book that bring, brings them awareness on the topic and allows them to see someone like that helps them become more aware and be more acceptive of other kids who might have Um, illnesses or disorders that affect their appearance. And I think that a lot of bullying comes from that, where kids are unaware or uneducated and just tend to ask questions and to some that might make them feel a little um, hesitant or make them feel insecure. So that's why we created these books kind of to educate children on appearance and educate children on how to ask those questions or whether they should ask those questions and just um, we wanted to eliminate that. So we wanted all children to feel open with our books and feel connected to the characters beyond just the story that's that's,
0: yeah it's so good to hear I think it's something at least me personally like I really missed out on that when growing up like a lot of the books that we read it was very like cookie cutter like you know similar situations the girl or the boy look the exact same in every single book like I never got to experience like having like a female character like look like someone like me and I think seeing these books now like coming out slowly it's definitely going to bring like I don't think people realize the impact it has on children like eventually they're going to grow up and they're going to learn a lot more from it right they're going to be already open to the experiences you know how people can look differently from you and I think that's it's necessary and I'm glad you know it's finally starting to come out from the books that you guys are making.
1: Mhm and just to like add on to that, um when you guys like mention like the different names like when I grew up, I had so many people just mispronouncing my name. I think the fact that you guys are bringing into these like diversity of like such like the- variety of names in our world um I think helps kids to be familiar with that kind of pronunciation. And as a result, like just not assume, like when you say someone's name that like that is the exact pronunciation or like whitewash a name. Um, like for example, like my name is Milan, but a lot of people say Milan or Milan, right? Just like, they stress stress out that A, which I do understand, but a lot of times they don't nec- they nec- don't necessarily think that it was wrong the first time they pronounce it they'll be like yeah like it has to be milan because there's an a in there but um yeah no i think I, I i like i think that's like an essential key like from your like story just like that like for example ahana like now like students know like oh yeah like what a like new diverse name and then um know how to pronounce it and as a result like just, like ask people like oh yeah is this like how you pronounce your guys name so i love that and i think i missed that out in my childhood too because a lot of people when they mispronounce my name I was just like yeah yeah, yeah. sorry like I don't correct them yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I'm sure you guys like experienced that too when you guys were growing up mm-hmm. so I think that was like really really nice hmm. So I think to um, um, dive into our next question, then, is what was it like to have your twin also part of your journey with you? Like, first of all, like, I can't I can't imagine just being like an author solely, but you guys are both twins, and I think that would make the process much more enjoyable and interesting. So what do you guys have when it comes to that experience?
2: I mean, it did definitely make the process more enjoyable. Like we were able to support each other throughout the process and produce something that we were both proud of. Yeah. We were able to even like communicate with each other, collaborate in a way that um, allowed us to bring in more perspectives. For example, if I looked at an illustration, it might look good to me, but my sister can always point out something that can improve it. So I feel like having that second eye can always help you in the process and make it, even more interesting, it also make us produce the highest quality of our work.
0: No, that's super important. And I think also, like, I guess you guys like have that special bond. So even though you might not like agree upon everything, like you guys are always able to find that solution, which is, of course, essential because you guys are running, you know, all the books together and stuff. But yeah, and also brings like different perspectives, right? Like one of you guys might have experienced something different from the other. So you guys can find a way to like include both. And that just makes it even better, right? Like more perspectives, more books for children to also understand different experiences.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah and no, like just like sharing this experience with someone I think would be like and it is an amazing thing so yeah good, good yeah. job on that as well yeah, exactly <laughs> so I think just to combine both of our topics then I was like first of all being a first-year student at Western as well as being a children's author do you guys have any tips or recommendations for one future authors but also as well as incoming Western students who are listening to this podcast I would
2: emphasize that maybe like the process is not easy and I would emphasize that maybe future authors should be prepared and just to do their research in terms of getting a certain niche and understanding the audience is really important when creating a story. Um, in terms of first year, I would stress, um, I would stress the importance of taking care of yourself because I know how stressful it can be transitioning into a new environment, an academic environment as well. Um, scheduling your own work, joining into online communities, or even in person. So I feel like the most important thing is to make sure you have time for yourself. Personally, as students, we always had a very strict schedule in which we would follow, and that helped us ha- get, um, get everything we had done. And it also allowed us to have time for ourselves in which we could relax, draw these books, um, maybe even um, hang out with our friends. So make sure you're able to um, balance not only your schoolwork, but also your mental health. And I would always say that it's not easy at all. And I would never agree that it was easy. And I would just recommend being resilient and taking care of your well-being. Um, I think it's a very, very difficult thing going through first year, especially with like a really academically rigorous program. So I'll just, you know, take a chill pill, maybe just um, Mm -hmm. calm down sometimes, focus on taking breaks, even if that means, you know, you'll have to miss some deadline or miss something else, you know, just taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. other than that, reaching out to older students for guidance is also a great thing to do. There's so many resources out there for you to use and be open to reaching out, asking for help. If you ever need something, even asking where your class might be located if you're having trouble. Those simple things can truly help you make connections and friends. Yeah, I'm very grateful to the people that helped us transition. <laughs> also, like Google Maps was very helpful. Too. Oh, Google my God. Maps. Yes, Yeah, really helped us get around.
0: I literally remember in first year like I would like kind of like hide my phone with Google Maps because I was scared other people around me would be like oh my gosh she's like using Google Maps so I would literally like hold my phone like this as I'm walking pretending to text but really I'm just like using Google Maps like get around campus because I don't know like where NCB is or something like that that was me like for the whole first month of like first year
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, don't worry, Maida. That was like, <laughs> too. like, I remember the first day I came to Western, my roommate and I we were like, okay, let's like see where our, all our classes is. And I think we were trying to find our chem lab, which was an MSA. And we didn't know we had to go through that. Go <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So then we were like we were we ended up going to where NCB was and we we're like where where the hell are we so we were just we were so confused but yeah no like I, I like I totally agree with you guys like just like finding that um first year support uh, sorry that like upper year support has really helped me as well and I think that's like a really amazing advice also the fact that you guys mentioned resources. I was honestly so unaware of the fact how Western has so many resources for, like, students, no matter where you came from, for example, like, international resources. And, like, I remember, like, last week I had an interview, and my friend was, like, to me, like, hey, like, Western has this, like, interview program where you can just, like, book an interview, like, a like a mock interview with someone at Western, and they can just like give you tips and like advice for like your actual up- upcoming interview. And I really wish I actually took that um, resource to my advantage. So I think like, like, honestly, like whoever, like any first year listening to this podcast, take all of the resources at Western to your advantage. Like, I think that's like Absolutely. one of my biggest advice for you too. And yeah. Yeah. That's
0: basically it. But yeah, so just to conclude the podcast, uh, we just wanted to ask you guys, you know, where can the listeners learn more about your initiative? Like, uh, is there a specific website or Instagram
2: page? Yeah, you can definitely check out our website at twintailsproject.com or even our Instagram page at twintailsproject and support our journey and see where we go from there.
1: Perfect. Okay, Amazing. So yeah, that actually concludes our podcast. Um, please um, make sure to um, look out for our future podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or any other podcast platform we use. And we hope you all enjoyed and make sure to also look out again for our next episode and our um, social media pages. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye.